Hello, and welcome back to Piercing the Veil, Pagan Perspective. As always, I'm Joe, and this is episode six. This will be part two, discussing non-human spirits. Uh, this time, we're going to go into the uh, more neutral or positive spirits, uh, when I talk about neutral, it, I generally mean things that will not uh, want to cause you harm, typically. That's not to say they are not capable of it, but in general, if you treat them properly and don't get on their bad side, they're really not going to mess with you. Uh, first off, there are what some would call nature spirits. I've also heard people refer to them as elementals, things like that. Uh, these are spirits of the land. They are connected to certain locations. Um, it's hard to say if they truly come from somewhere else and, uh, you know, just take up residence in that spot, or if they naturally form there as a result of, uh, like, the energy that people put forth at that location. Um, now, these can be peaceful, they can be aggressive, they can be helpful. Uh, it all depends on the situation and the location. Uh, they're like if you see them they would often take the form of whatever uh, natural features might be around uh, for example many years ago I encountered what I believe was one although it may have been one of the other varieties that we've we will be talking about later this episode that it felt very old I just got this overwhelming sense of just it belonged there and I didn't uh, and when I saw it it was basically as if uh, the limbs of trees had come together into the shape of a person with openings in the leaves that allowed the sunlight to shine through to make it look like eyes. Uh, that's really my closest encounter with things of that nature. Uh, I mean, obviously, as a practicing pagan, you know, elements are a common feature of how we practice our... Uh, beliefs but yeah that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean a direct um, interaction with spirits like this uh, next up there are just a very broad term that I call uh, the ancients these are spirits 
that have been around for a very, very long time, and in many cases, you know, we are just kind of beneath their notice. Uh, yeah, the, these are the kind of things that you probably will never see. Uh, you'll feel them more than anything. Like if you go to a location and you f feel the sense of just an overwhelming presence of some kind. Um, one that str basically stretches across the entire area. Uh, this that is often what I connect that to. Um, you know, the spirit I mentioned a moment ago as a nature spirit, I would probably categorize as an ancient just by the way it felt because it just, it's a spirit that obviously knows the area that it's in much more in depth than you ever will. Uh, like, it is rooted to that area, although uh, I've encountered some that seem to migrate within a small area. Uh, one that I got the impression of years ago was some kind of... almost reminded me of a big lumbering buffalo or... Honestly, <laughs> I, I'd say its uh, shape reminded me more of a bantha from Star Wars. You know, big shaggy thing. Uh, slow, ponderous pace. Really didn't pay attention to anything around it. Uh, you know, these are kind of the invisible forces that are around us. And if you call upon the spirit of a location uh, these are probably the beings that you're attempting to address uh, I can't say for sure but this is just my interpretation and kind of going off my own personal experience uh, oh, but I will definitely say that that both with the nature spirits and the ancients definitely don't do things to piss them off you know it's kind of uh, <laughs> you know swatting away a fly if you were to attempt to confront them because let's face it they have probably hundreds of if not thousands of years more experience in that location than you do and as a result are much more powerful than you could ever hope to be uh, next up uh, these are another form of nature spirit depending on how you look at them um, these are are beings that primarily uh, Celtic practicing pagans and people who follow Celtic mythology uh, 
we'll connect to more. These are the fairy folk or the fae. Uh, yeah, these are probably one of the more controversial parts simply because not everyone is going to view them as existing in the way that I'm going to talk about them. Uh, basically, the Fae folk are spiritual beings that exist on a different plane of existence. Uh, you know, they reside in the other world and will occasionally pass over into this one to interact with us specifically. And uh, they are deal makers, a lot of them. Uh, some are just plain tricksters. They're, some have a very twisted sense of humor as far as deals and interactions go, which makes them pretty risky to approach. But if you treat them properly, uh, they can be valuable assets for anyone who works with spirits or works with energy uh, because they can provide assistance or information but the key part with them is if they give you something always give something in return uh, yeah, I, I I'm not really sure how to describe uh, where that kind of information comes from uh, partially from like the classical fairy tales and things like that but also from direct interaction that while they will not directly ask for something uh, if they give typically they will expect something in return at some point uh, maybe not immediately, but in the near future or sometime down the line, they may call in that favor, basically reminding you that they did this thing for you and it's time for you to return the favor, which is why you settle up immediately. Yeah, that's like having the worst kind of spiritual bookie because you don't know what they would want to ask of you and sometimes you might not want to find out. Um, it's hard to say how much of the old fairy tales correspond to how they actually are. Uh, from the stuff I've experienced, if there are anything from the tiny folk all the way to you know the elegantly beautiful uh, more human-like ones um, but they are I believe that a lot of uh, 
a lot of the fairy folk get translated into demons or demonic entities simply because of the Christian worldview, uh, because they are deal makers. Uh, so, by your typical Christian understanding, that would probably classify them as a demon. But, you know, these are not entities that are out there looking to hurt you. Uh, you know, they are not offering you deals to, you know, corrupt you or anything like that. They have their own sense of morality, uh, or lack thereof. Uh, so it's really kind of unfair to judge them on our morality, uh, because they definitely don't view the world the way we do. Um, they, well, like, as I said, they exist on a completely different plane of existence, where you know, the things that we view as important would probably mean nothing to them. Uh, you know, as far as I know, these entities are basically immortal uh, and timeless. Like, our passage of time means absolutely nothing in their realm. Uh, and basically they're coming to us to experience our world in ways that they cannot normally. Uh, the times that I've gotten information and given in return, you know, often it's something as simple as, you know, uh, laying out some kind of sweets for them, uh, hun uh, honeyed milk is a common one, uh, also nuts covered in some kind of sweet jelly or something like that, those are all uh, valid gifts for them. You know, or you can come up with something else that you would deem fitting. Uh, it's mostly about the intention of, you know, you appreciate what they've done for you and you seek to return the hospitality, which, you know, is a very key part in a lot of Celtic lore and, um, you know, basic Celtic practice like the sense of home and hearth and hospitality that by utilizing them as a resource you are essentially extending your hospitality to them uh, which means that they are then allowed to ask something of you if they do not feel that uh, you have provided hospitality in correlation to what you've asked for. Um, they, you know, like I said, not a lot of people 
truly believe in the fairy folk like that and you know just based on your typical uh, fantasy novels and uh, folklore and things like that it's something that people most often write off as flights of fancy or you know just something made up to tell children uh, and you know, that's not to say that these aren't truly fey folk but that is a good way to classify them either way because that it simply matches up with what we already know um, now a lot of interactions with the fey folk uh, you do not want to discuss um, you know like I will not talk about the situations that I interacted with them other than that you know I provided in what I thought was an even give and take with them uh, because they they are very secretive um, they don't like a lot of attention uh, but focused attention they are big fans of um, and you know, it's just a general sense of respect really they they expect it and will give it in turn uh, and is I think that's a pretty easy way to look at it and you know for exchanges for exchange yeah you know, if you don't feel like you got something out of it then you know you give what you think is deserved you know just <laughs> watch out for perceived slights because they view those a little more seriously than we do Uh, yeah, they they are definitely a group to be very careful around. Uh, but that's not to say they're bad. So, kind of approach it your own discretion. Uh, definitely don't do so without you know, knowing what you're getting into, really. Uh, anyway, moving on. Next, we'll talk about uh, protectors. Now, these these can also be filed into guardian spirits um, because I'll, most of the time they are they have ancestors or just spirits that have a connection with you or. Uh, animal spirits but there are ones that are not human uh, you know these might be nature spirits that have bonded with you um, or just entities from somewhere else that have a connection with you on a very deep and intrinsic level and 
view the view you as uh, their ward or charge, something like that. Uh, these are the beings that you know, most people would probably refer to as angels. Uh, you know, they would appear as beings of white light. Uh, they might choose to make themselves appear angelic to match uh, your per chosen perception. But you know, it is kind of a given that they are there to protect you and will do whatever it takes to do that. Uh, they don't ask anything in return. You know, it is simply a bonded connection <laughs> that they are uh, happy to share with you. And their entire goal is simply to ensure your safety, especially on the spiritual side of things. You know, they will be the ones to stand up to negative spirits in, on your behalf or will intercede if you get in a little over your head and you know, maybe get yourself into trouble. But you definitely don't want to take them for granted because you most of the time you will not really be aware that they're there until they're needed. And if you take <laughs> take advantage of that too often, yeah, they might not stick around. They might be very generous and giving, but you know, I'm sure as with most things, uh, they have their limits as well. Uh, Finally tonight, I want to talk about uh, something that isn't necessarily a spirit per se, but does have something to do with your own spiritual actions. Uh, these are manifestations of will. Uh, these are not independent beings uh, these are often representations of yourself that are created through pure um, through pure focus of will and you know, intention you know, Pagans and Wiccans and people of that sort will be the ones who will have to deal with this the most. Uh, in the past, I've had situations where, you know, I've, without really trying, created, um, you know, basically spiritual versions of my hands to do certain things. Um, it could be a full manifestation of yourself, uh, you know, kind of in the vein of astral projection, I suppose. 
uh, or it could be some kind of like structure or construct that to you represents your will your intention and it is essentially your tool to act in the spiritual world and it and because it's created from yourself there is there are countless ways for these things to appear you know it is entirely up to you uh, but they, these are not like entities of their own these are purely controlled by you kind of like you know you made a robotic suit or something like that that you've got the controls for you know that they're tools more than anything else but I'm kind of filing it it under this because it's not a human spirit although the human is creating it uh, they are simply separate structures I guess um, yeah uh, I guess that'll wrap up our talk on non-human spirits unless uh, anyone has questions or suggestions for aspects that I didn't cover uh, and I, I've probably got one or two more spirit episodes in me uh, at least as far as what I've planned out for the moment uh, so if anyone has things that they would like to hear me talk about in the future please don't hesitate to drop suggestions uh, send me a message uh, I know on Anchor you can leave voice messages uh, I have a Facebook page for the podcast just search for uh, Piercing the Veil Pagan Perspective and give the page a like I will try to keep it updated with any episodes and I might be posting some polls on there so keep an eye out for them because uh, I'd really like to interact with you guys and you know, really see what direction uh, would be best to take this in after I finish up with the spiritual talk uh, yeah, so for now I'll just leave you with my typical question. You know, why do you think spirits like these appear certain places? You know, why would they choose to help people like us? And you know, what draws them to certain places? Is it our energy? Or is it, you know, something else? You know, maybe they were there long before we were. You know, just something to think on. So, till next time, I'll see you later.